Father, we just uh, we thank you for this time that we have this morning where we can come together and remember why it is we do what we do, why we're here, and who you are and who we are. And Father, I just pray that you will lead us into this new year and that this year will be great for all of us because we have moved forward in your wisdom. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. You can be seated. So, today we're uh, starting a new series entitled, Stuck, because if we're honest with each other, there are a lot of us who are just that. We are stuck. And I think that when you're stuck, the hardest thing to do is what? get unstuck. And so that's what we're going to be talking about in this series, because here's what happens. I mean, and this is the real problem, is that the years roll by, right? We're into 2015, and before you know it, five years, ten years pass, and really nothing ever changes, and we're still stuck. And so as we come out of 2014, there's a lot of things we want to do differently, but the problem is if we don't take those steps to get unstuck, nothing ever is going to change. Well, Happy New Year, y'all. Happy New Year. Wow, that was very weak. <laughs> I leave for six weeks and you people fall apart. Happy New Year. Thank you, that feels much more festive, embracing. So, you know, being only two weeks now into the new year, um, you can't help but still think about New Year's resolutions, right? Things we're talking about that we'd like to do differently this year, and of course we're all pulling for Gordon to be able to get his New Year's resolution achieved this year, but I'm not optimistic. Um... But, you know, for me, I had this kind of, in the past, long tradition that I was stuck in of declaring every year that this would be the year that I would achieve six-pack abs. You don't get to laugh at that. And, you know, every year I was expecting a miracle that somehow, miraculously, that would happen, but I've uh, since come to accept the fact that actually I wasn't created with any abs. I've never seen them. Um, So I remain kind of stuck in this same place where I'm just a little overweight, middle-aged, balding guy. And I think that I'll probably stay stuck there until I get unstuck when I'm finally... An old, little overweight, bald guy. And that's kind of how I'll break the pattern, I'm afraid. But anyway, I I think we all get stuck at certain times in our lives where we feel like we've hit this plateau and we are stuck. And um, there is a lot of things that um, contribute to our stuckness. But today, we're going to talk about our past. And how there's a lot of us, and this is a biggie, about how a lot of us really, really get stuck in our past and we can't get unstuck. 
And I could probably list for the next 20 minutes all the kinds of stuff I could think of in our past. Um, But what I'll do is kind of give a few broad categories of stuff in our past that kind of, I think, achieve kind of categorically, encompass kind of categorically everything. Things like some of us have been hurt by somebody in our past. They did something that hurt us so deeply and it affected us so profoundly that while it may have happened a long time ago, we still resent that person. Some of us have made some pretty bad choices in our past and we're still paying for them, the the sins of the past, if you will. And while that may have happened many years ago, our effects, the effects of that mistake may still linger. And you try like crazy to hide it and to cover it up, and, but you're afraid that someday it's all going to just come to light and ruin your life. But the problem is that in the meantime, you live with this guilt and regret, and it's ruining your life anyway. Or others of us have had some failure in our past where there is this aching sense of failure that we can't let go of. Where maybe we said something to somebody that we love that we can't take back. Or we hurt somebody else so profoundly that they resent us. Or we failed at some big milestone in our life. We failed to achieve that and While it may have been a long time ago, it feels like just yesterday and all that stuff just weighs us down and we feel like we can't get past it. Whatever it is for you, we all have stuff that lurks in our past that we would love to forget ever happened, right? We'd love to just really put it in the past, literally, and be done with it. But the question is, how do we do that? How do we take all the junk from our past and just get freed up from all the skeletons in our closet and move forward? Well, there's a few steps that I think we can take, and I just want to caution us by saying that I'm not saying this is an easy, you know, four-step process and you're done. And, you know, this is a lot of work. I mean, obviously, if, it's, if you're still stuck there, it's, it's been something you've been dealing with for a while. But these are some steps that can help facilitate that, that can help us to get unstuck. And I think the first one is, the first one is that we have to accept it, right? We have to accept our past. And in order to do that, you have to understand that your past makes up your story. Your past is what makes you uniquely you. And no matter what we've done, no matter what we have been through, our past is part of who we are. It's in our DNA, and we have a choice. We can either embrace it and understand it and accept it, or we could spend the rest of our lives running from it like we're running from our own shadow. And the main way to do that, sounds real easy, but it's very difficult, is that we have to come to peace with it. And to accept that my past has helped me to make who I am today for better or for worse. There's a great old saying that says, we're all self-made, 
It's just that only the successful ones admit it. Right? Everybody loves to say that they're a self-made millionaire, they're a self-made businessman, or whatever. Well, we're all self-made. It's just that some of us didn't do such a very good job. King David is an example of that. He, in the Old Testament, he had this like huge moral failure in his life. And after he came to grips with that, he wrote these words. He said, my guilt has overwhelmed me. It's overwhelmed me like a burden that is too heavy to bear. He was struggling to get past his past, right? I mean, and maybe you're in the same place today as you might feel like you are just overwhelmed with this incredible sense of guilt. The key to accepting our past, I think, is to understand that what is in my future is greater than what was in my past. The possibilities of what I can step into are greater than what I am stepping out of. And in order to do that, we have to be able to let go of the past before we can embrace the excitement of a new future that God has in store for you. I've had a lot of of conversations with people over the years about struggling with their past, and I can tell you that categorically what I hear over and over and over again is that people struggle with two things, guilt and resentment. Guilt and resentment is what I am going to describe as the two-headed dragon that has to be slayed in order for us to be able to get unstuck from our past. Either we feel so guilty about something that we've done that lurks there in our past, or we are so full of resentment for somebody who has hurt us that we can't get past it. Either way, it keeps us stuck in the past, and until we get some forgiveness going on, we can't move forward. The Apostle Paul, whose past gives him plenty of reason to feel guilty, put it this way. Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret. But worldly sorrow and guilt bring And I think what he's saying there is that we all kind of have this lingering sense of regret, but without God, we don't have a shot at overcoming it because there's nothing that helps us to get rid of it, right? And so we're like forced to tread water in this ocean of guilt, and there's nothing more paralyzing than guilt. It's guilt that is telling us constantly that little voice in our head that says, I'm not good enough to have a great life. I don't deserve it. I'm never going to get past this failure, so why should I even try? And we give up hope. But when we're in God, everything's different. Because in God, there is forgiveness. In God, there is hope. 1 John says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and completely wipe out any wrongdoing. That passage tells us that if we confess our sins and failures to God in a state of repentance, which is to say, 
that we stop living in a way that goes against God and start living in a way that is in God, that he will wipe away the sin and shame of our past forever. So that we can move forward head held high. Because our God, our God is the God of second chances. And third, and fourth, and so on. Our greatest sins and biggest failures are not too big for God's grace. But the opposite is also true. They are not too big for the person that I've been resenting that I need to be forgiven. God says, look, I have forgiven you. I have given you grace for all the junk that you have done in your life. Now you Go out and extend that same grace, that same forgiveness to those who have hurt you. And that, my friends, is a hard pill to swallow. We have to be able to let go of guilt and resentment if we have any hope of being able to get unstuck from our past and to live differently. And it begins with forgiveness. Forgiveness of ourselves and forgiveness of others. The second step that we have to take in getting unstuck from the past is that we need to leave the past in the past, or I promise you, it will ruin your future. I had a friend who went through a divorce several years ago, and after a few years of being single, she found what she described as the perfect man. They got married, and it seemed like they had this incredible relationship. The problem was this. She dragged all of that negative baggage from her previous relationship into this new one. She constantly talked about how bad it was, how she was mistreated, her ex, what he did, all the stuff. Described herself like a victim over and over and over again. Every chance she got, she was so focused on her past that she couldn't embrace like this exciting future that was sitting right there in front of her. And her second marriage failed. And it makes me wonder. I've heard the statistics. 68%-ish second marriages fail. 73%-ish third marriages fail. Makes you wonder if we ever learn from our mistakes. Makes you wonder if we can ever get unstuck from our past so that we can move forward in a brilliant new future. You can't drag around that negative baggage of your past and expect to be freed up to live a great life today. I mean, we have to quit reliving the past of all the bad things that have happened to us. Replaying negative experiences in our head is like constantly picking at an old scab, and that wound will never, ever heal. Our minds are this like incredibly powerful thing, 
And when negative memories come up on the TV screen of your mind, we have to be disciplined enough to turn the channel, to switch them off. Unfortunately, though, there are a whole lot of people that I know who instead of turning the channel, they pull up a chair. They grab a bag of popcorn, and they're sitting there for the next two hours reliving the whole thing. And when it's over, they DVR it so they can do it again. And they are permanently, like, stuck in that moment. The Bible says in Philippians to focus on things that are pure and excellent and beautiful. Not on things that are poisonous. Some of us would get unstuck real quick if we would just get up and turn the channel and look for something new. You can't change your past, but you can sure as heck change your future. That is in your hands. You have to convince yourself I can't drag that old mess into my new relationship. I can't haul all these old problems into my new year. I can't be pulling all this baggage around if I want to be freed up to experience this new life. Got to leave the past in the past and move on. So the next step, I think, is important because a lot of us we just make mistakes in our past and we are like repeat offenders. We make the same dang mistakes over and over and over again. And one of the very important things to be able to get unstuck from your past is to create strong boundaries for our future. There's a great passage in Proverbs that goes like this. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly Before you, give careful thought to the paths for your feet. Be steadfast in all your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left and keep your foot from evil. Creating a new reality for your future is a commitment to learn from your past and move forward differently. I love this passage because what it's really talking about is setting boundaries for yourself so that our past drives change for our future so we don't let it happen again. When it says that we're to look straight ahead and don't veer off to the left or the right, it's talking about setting boundaries from the things that we've learned in our past so that we can protect ourselves moving forward and we don't fall into the same old traps. Boundaries in a broad sense are lines that we draw for ourselves that create limits for our lives. In a physical sense, it would be like if you owned your own home and you took a white picket fence and you ran it around your property line of your backyard so that when your kids go out to play, they are protected inside the boundary of that fence. They feel safe. It's the same principle only with emotional and behavioral boundaries that we create for ourselves in order to protect me from me. Sometimes others, but mostly from me. 
boundaries help to create the foundation of our personal identity. When you set a boundary, you're saying, what am I willing to do and what am I not willing to do? How much of your past do you want to move out of? Because it's a matter of what boundaries we set moving forward that will determine whether or not we've changed the history of our future. Boundaries, in short, define us, and it defines who we are and who we're not. Who do you want to be? Many of us have hurt or been hurt in our past by our own lack of boundaries, and so part of our new reality is that we need to create boundaries for ourselves. I'll give you an example. If our issue from our past is dealing with some addiction or some habit or just plain old bad decisions that we are making over and over and over again, then there needs to be a boundary that dictates that says, you know what? (laughs) I will no longer hang out with those friends who were influencing me to make those bad decisions. I will no longer go to those places where all of that stuff happened. I will no longer do the things that were a trigger for all the demons in my life. All of that has now become off-limits as part of my new reality, so that I don't veer off to the right or to the left, that I stay on the narrow path. Another great example of this is sexual issues, which is tends to be a real prominent issue for people dealing with their past. And if the case for you is that, then there needs to be a boundary that dictates that I'll not put myself into a situation ever again where I am set up for failure. And you know exactly what I'm talking about and what those boundaries should look like. I won't ever have a close friendship or even be alone with somebody from the opposite sex. That's a boundary. I will prevent myself from looking at other people. Or, as many people call it, they're just window shopping so that they can justify it. You don't think that has an effect? I won't go to that website or that magazine or read that fantasy book. It all sounds innocent at first, but when we put ourselves in those positions Those seemingly innocent things set you up to fail and eventually leads to a whole lot of pain and hurt and regret. You want to pop out of the stuckness in your marriage? Can you imagine if you held so strongly to those boundaries that instead of looking to have your needs met everywhere else except in your own home, that 100% of your sexual desire, your sexual fantasy, your relational fantasy, your need for companionship is all put on your husband or wife? Can you imagine how that turns up the heat in your home? That'll get you unstuck. Creating boundaries define who you are and who you're not. What am I willing to do and what am I not willing to do? 
And it'll free us up from moving forward into a new reality so that we don't make the same dang mistakes over and over and over again. The last step that I want to hit in terms of getting unstuck from our past is not only do we create strong boundaries, but, dude, expand your border. Right? Get a vision for, like, what can be. I love what Paul says in Philippians when he says, but one thing I do. And then he says two things, which I think is pretty funny. So I'll rejigger it and say, I focus in on this one thing. I forget the past. He leaves the past in the past, right? And I focus in wholeheartedly on what lies ahead. I am solely focused in on moving forward. In other words, expand your borders and don't ever stop moving forward and exploring new areas of your life. Creating new, incredible memories to replace the old, nasty, bad ones. I love this quote from Uncle Walt. He says, around here, we don't look backwards very long. We keep moving forward, opening new doors, and exploring new things. I love that. I mean, that's like a motto for life, right? Stop looking back. Keep moving forward and keep exploring and opening new doors until you discover the person that God created you to become. I'm convinced that life is made up of like 10% of what happens to us and 90% of how we respond to what's happened to us and how we go on with the rest of our lives. We need to stop blaming everybody else for our past. We need to stop being a victim and start proactively living out the life that God wants us to live. We need to let go of the resentment and be able to move on. The Bible says that God wants to do a new thing in you. That from the ashes of your past, he wants to create something beautiful. I love that. But you have to let him. I can tell you that for me, the biggest issue that I have had to overcome in my, my past is that I went through a really bad marriage of hurting each other that ended in a really bad divorce. And for a pastor's kid, there's a lot of shame in that. For a guy who was involved in public ministry, it was a lot of shame in that. And I remember when I went through that, I thinking, game over. <laughs> I'm never going to have the kind of relationship that I've dreamed about. Never going to marry again. Never going to be involved in ministry again, that's for sure. I had too much guilt and shame about that. Can't imagine what God thinks about me. thought I was out of God's good graces. And what I didn't know was I was holding on to my past so tightly that I was preventing God from, like, getting in. 
And it wasn't until I finally let go of my, my guilt and my shame and my resentment, because I had the whole package, that I was finally able to free God up to do his thing in me. I got to tell you that from the ashes of my life that I thought were hopeless, he did something amazing. Like, I have a brilliant marriage that I never could have believed that I could ever have. I have such a joy from the ministry that I have here and am able to be so open and honest. Because when your stuff's out there publicly, you can't run from that or pretend it's not there. Everybody knows about it. And just to be able to walk through that with all of you was amazing. To be able to have the kind of new territory that I'm in in my business stuff, but more importantly, to have the confidence that I have in my relationship with God. From the ashes of my poor, desperate existence of my past, God has done an amazing thing and created something that's way beyond anything I could ever imagine. I have to tell you, I don't hang my head in shame one bit because God has made me into this new thing. I can walk forward in my life, head held high, because my God is a God of second chances, and third, and fourth, and so on. You don't have to let your past poison your future. The ashes of our past we hold on to so desperately. But if you can just let them go, God has made you the promise that He will do a beautiful thing in your future.